This is the Trey Blocker Show, starring Charlie Hodge and Trey Blocker. And now, here's Trey Blocker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Trey Blocker Show. Today, joining us by phone is State Representative Dwayne Bohack from House District 138. Representative, how are you doing on this lovely December day? I am doing great. I'm, I'm actually commuting from Austin back to Houston, back to the district. And you told me before we started the show, you managed to see some snow on your drive up this morning. Right. I made the commute up this morning early, and I was able to see snow covering really the, the entire way from Houston all the way through Columbus, all the way through LaGrange, all the way through Bastrop. And it was really just all the way in Austin. It was just a beautiful sight. Well, if that doesn't put you in the holiday spirit, I don't know what will, right? That's right. It was a beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. <laughs> in a winter wonderland. I driving like it. In a winter, driving in a winter wonderland. If I had a guitar, I'd try to accompany you on that, but I don't. So, <laughs> Representative Bohack, tell us a little bit about where you grew up, how you got involved in politics, and what your district looks like. Well, uh, my dad was always involved in politics. Uh, he was uh, an avid Republican. And anyway, at age 15, I was selected through a uh, election process at my high school to be an unpaid intern in the in the office of my congressman Bill Archer. Oh wow! Who was the ranking uh, Republican on the House Ways and Means Committee at the time? Mm -hmm. And this was during this was like 1983 or 84, because I graduated in 85. But I remember I was a junior, and I got to meet some really incredible people in his office, some people like Barry Goldwater and Casper Weinberger oh, wow. and, Jack, and Jack Kemp and people like Phil Crane and just really Nancy Kassebaum and really interesting people. And so that kind of piqued my curiosity in politics. And I met some not so good people, too. <laughs> That'll happen. Uh, I met Dan Rostenkowski, who was the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, and I knew he was a rascal even then. Hmm. And so I can honestly say that there's negative reasons that I went into politics and there's positive reasons okay. that I went into politics. Uh, I primarily went into politics to make us freer, uh, less taxed, and to give us more liberty. Really, that's that was the driving force. Right. So did your parents instill in you those conservative values? I think my parents uh, did. You know, I grew up in a, a very... Uh, Christian household, and obviously those beliefs were there from the very beginning, right? And have, and have and have stayed with me throughout my adulthood, and have really gotten stronger. You know, I have a Christian conservative worldview. Right, right. And how many children do you have? I have one child and three stepchildren. Okay, I suspect having children and trying to to raise them up to be good citizens and good Christians helps solidify that worldview as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And going to church every, let me just say this, sure. going to church every Sunday, let, let, letting them see you pray and letting right. them see you read the Bible and all those things are really important because at the end of the day, the values that they have are going to be caught from right. you rather than taught by you. Right. And so and that's a heavy, you know, that's a heavy uh, rock to carry, but every parent is carrying it and every parent 
kid, just know that your children are growing up to be examples of who you are, not what you're telling them per se, but who you are really. That's right. Well, the best way to minister to other folks is, is to provide a good example. So, Representative Bohack, tell me what initiated your interest when you first decided to run for office. Well, I had graduated from Texas A&M University with a degree in political science, and I had a degree in marketing as well. And I was about 28 years old, and I had no idea about how districts are drawn or gerrymandering or mm -hmm. anything like that. I just thought, wow, there's a Democrat there now, and I'm a Republican. I can beat this guy. Right. So I ran in 1996 at, at, at about age 28 and uh, against the against uh, a, a Democrat fellow, of course. And uh, I came within one percentage point of beating him. Mm. First time out of the gate. So I ran a second time two years later. This time I came within four tenths of one percent of beating him. <laughs> so it's that last percentage or two that's the hardest to get. Apparently. In politics. It really is very difficult to get. So then I sat out an election cycle in 2000. Redistricting happened. And I came back and ran in 2002 with a district that looked a little bit different, marginally different. Right. Not a whole lot, but marginally different. And I actually ended up beating him by a 20 percentage point, 60% to 40%. Oh, wow. That, that's that's a market improvement. So, so your current district uh, is comprised of, and correct me if I get any of this wrong, Bear Creek, Spring Branch, Cypher, and the Katy area in West Northwest Houston. Is that right? That's right. That's exactly correct. It's, it's the west, west and northwest side. So that's a rapidly growing area of the state. What would you say is driving that growth? I think it's the jobs that are available in Harris County and in Texas as a state, but especially in Harris County and our proximity to the Gulf Coast, our proximity to the oil and gas industry. I would say that's what's driving the growth. Sure, sure. Well, and, and we've been blessed with growth in Texas, and, and I think that has to do largely with the conservative leadership that you and other Republican elected officials have provided over the years in creating a business-friendly climate with, a, with low taxes. I think that's it's definitely related to that. I mean, we try to stay out of commerce's way to the extent possible and have a light touch and, and tax at a modest amount. And uh, I think to a large degree, since uh, Republicans have been in charge, we've been true to our word. Sure, sure. So how much of your district was impacted by Hurricane Harvey? I would say about 12 to 15 percent because I represent one of two of the, of the dams. Okay. I represent the Attics Dam. And uh, so we were, we were impacted, I would say, 12 to 15 percent. And uh, these are people who, by and large, didn't have insurance because they weren't they weren't even a sure you know, they were in a 500 year floodplain, not a 100 right. year floodplain. So it was just tragic. It was just tragic. But it it, it brought it, you know, it was a double edged sword. What happened was a tragedy, but it brought out the, the best in Houstonians and people from all over the country, for that matter. Sure. Uh, neighbor neighbor helping neighbor, and and then after it was in the aftermath, neighbor helping neighbor. Uh, clean up the houses and it's called muck, uh, muck the houses, mm -hmm. uh, where you rip out the sheetrock and the uh, insulation and you spray it with bleach and you, and you rip up all the carpet and the hardwoods and the tile and, and the kitchen cabinets and you just 
put everything on the curb and wow. start over. Right, right. And we, were, we were talking, you know, houses with five or six feet of water inside. Sure. That, that ruins all of your possessions. You have nothing left after that. Yeah, and you know, when after, shortly after the hurricane, we did several episodes where we interviewed the Salvation Army and other people who were engaged in assisting folks in recovery. And, and the point I kept making was, this recovery is not going to happen overnight. It's ongoing. It's actually going to take years. So what would you recommend to our listeners if they still want to help in this recovery process? I think uh, the Rebuild Texas that the governor founded mm -hmm. is the best vehicle to help Texans uh, go out to Rebuild Texas and make a donation. Sure. Because really it's financial help that people really need right now to get back up on their feet because most of them did not have insurance to uh, go in and rebuild and put the sheetrock back in and the insulation and the kitchen cabinets and, and then, you know, buy all the furnishings and all that. So go back to rebuild, go out to rebuild Texas, which I think is the governor's, uh, is, is the name of the governor's plan to get financial help to victims that need it. And uh, that's what I would encourage listeners to do. Absolutely. Well, we will certainly promote that website throughout the holidays when people are in, in a giving mood. And Representative Bohack, part of the reason I wanted to have you on the show is I'm devoting the month of December on the Trey Blocker Show to religious freedom and issues that are affecting Christianity in our nation. And you were at the forefront in fighting against this trend towards secularism and the attack on Christianity that we've witnessed in the U.S. <clears throat> and you authored a bill in the 2013 legislative session which became known as the Christmas Bill or the Merry Christmas Bill. And, and so tell us about that. Why did you do that? Well, I'll tell you the inspiration for that. I picked up my son from first grade at the flagpole as I typically do. Mm -hmm. I and mean, I was standing there waiting on him and I asked him how his day went. And he answered, Actually, quite excitedly, we decorated our holiday tree with holiday ornaments. <laughs> and so I asked him, what word is the word holiday taking the place of? Because there's no holiday called holiday, so that would be dramatically right. incorrect to even call it a holiday tree. Sure. And so he said, oh, Dad, it, it's taking the place of the word Christmas. I said, exactly, exactly. It's a federal holiday. There's no reason we shouldn't be able to refer to the federal holiday called Christmas. So I went straight in, I mean, literally straight into the principal's office. And uh, I, I tried to go in under control. I was praying, praying, praying that I would uh, use words that, you know, use loving words and not unkind words. And uh, anyway, I, uh, I went in there and asked him, what was the name of the tree that they had up on the counter? Right. What did they call that thing? I said, it wasn't a July 4th tree. It wasn't a Valentine's Day tree. It wasn't uh, a Thanksgiving Day tree. It was a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. And that's when I found out. They told me, they said, Representative Mohack, you know, we're so sorry. Uh, we have to really kind of keep that quiet around here because uh, we're fearful of two things, A, getting sued by the public or getting in trouble by administration. Wow. So immediately I called, I think it was Kelly Shackelford's group. Sure. At the time, and I explained the situation to them. And I said, we have to come up with a bill. We have to come up with a bill, Constitution, a bill that will pass constitutional muster that allows school districts to celebrate Christmas 
and to celebrate Hanukkah in the same way we used to do it when I went to school. We weren't concerned about the color of our plates. We weren't concerned about how we decorated our door. We weren't concerned whether there was a Santa Claus uh, taped up on the wall. Um, we weren't concerned if there was a nativity scene or a menorah in the way that they are so overly concerned today just to even have a Christmas tree out. So along with uh, Liberty Institute, we, uh, we crafted a bill that, we, that was run by many constitutional attorneys that just you know, allowed school districts to educate students on traditional winter, winter holidays and allow um, that, um, that education to include use of the symbols, right. uh, use of gift exchanges, pageants, and uh, the expressions associated with the two traditional winter holidays, and, uh, and so forth. And it was just language we pulled out of constitutional rulings. That's all we did was pull out exact language. And really, there's only, to break down the law for you, Trey, this is really, just to simplify it, to really put it down on the bottom shelf, here's what the Supreme Court said. If you put out a religious symbol, like activity, you have to put out a secular symbol, hmm. like a Christmas tree. Right. Or you can put out a religious symbol, a nativity, and a second religious symbol, hmm. a menorah. Okay. Sure. That's what they said. That's what the Supreme Court has ruled. And I forget which case it was because I don't have the literature right in front of me. And I forget which case it, case, uh, cases that we pulled this uh, bill from. But uh, that's basically the summary of the law. If you have a religious, if you have a, a religious symbol like a nativity of a menorah or a menorah, have a secular symbol. Okay. Right. Or if you have a religious symbol like a menorah or a nativity. Uh, 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 like a nativity, include a second religious symbol like a menorah. And then you're free to to, to put those items out in uh, the classroom and around the school. Right. Because you're educating the kids on tr two traditional winter holidays. So, uh, Representative Bohack, as you and I well know, even when you pass such a, such a piece of legislation to provide this protection, I suspect there are a lot of teachers out there and administrators who aren't aware of it and political correctness is still ruling the day and, and there are folks in our schools who are still scared to call it a Christmas tree or, or put up a nativity scene. Are you finding that to be the case? I do find that to be the case with teachers that I talk to. I say, now you are aware that you can put out a Santa Claus in your room and you can put out a Christmas tree. And you can put out a nativity, mm -hmm. and you can put out reindeer, and you can decorate your door, and you can hang things all over your classroom. Because all you're doing is educating students about the history of traditional winter celebrations. That's all you're doing. Right. So, you know, I think this is indicative of a larger problem that I alluded to earlier, and that is today we are seeing a continual and constant and more aggressive attack on Christianity in this country. Uh, which is very disturbing to me given the fact that, in my opinion, this nation was founded as a Judeo-Christian nation, and now we're being told that, that those aren't things that are acceptable anymore. Absolutely. I would agree with you 100%, even though the Ten Commandments hang behind the Supreme Court. 
uh, you still have people who believe we weren't founded on Judeo-Christian ethics. It's amazing the amount of whitewashing and the amount of revisionist history that's going on in that regard. And, and in our next episode, we're going to visit with David Barton of Wall Builders, who has made it his career to educate people about the founding fathers and their Christian beliefs. And and I think the work that he's doing is, is extremely important, and the work that you continue to do on this issue is extremely important. So what, what well, else? I think, the jo- I think the job that David is doing is far more important, frankly speaking. I've heard some of his work, uh, some of his body of work, and he is impacting tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people uh, with his wall builders. And uh, anyway, I just want to give the... Uh, uh, the correct kudos to uh, to David Barton. Sure, and and for our listeners out there who aren't familiar with Wall Builders, I would highly encourage you to go to wallbuilders.com, and on his site he has a page dedicated to comments made by the founding fathers about Jesus and Christianity and the Bible and the importance of that in the founding of this country. So again, that's wallbuilders.com. So, Representative Dwayne Bohack, I appreciate you joining us on the show today. Sure. Tell us what you think we should do and our listeners should do moving forward to help set the record straight on all of this. I think that if you have students are in school, make the teachers aware that there's a bill called the Merry Christmas Bill that allows them to decorate and to have Christmas pageants and gift exchanges and to educate students about uh two traditional winter holidays. One's called Hanukkah and one is called Christmas. Sure. And they should, and they should uh, go have fun with it. Go right. have fun with it. <laughs> well, it's, it's on one hand sad that uh, we're at a point in the history of our nation where that's even necessary, but it is. So I would absolutely agree with you and encourage all of our listeners to, to make sure that our teachers and our educators understand that it is okay to say Merry Christmas and teach our children about about uh, Jesus and, and the reason for the season, right, Representative? That's right. All right. Well, Representative Dwayne Bohack, thank you again for joining us on the Trey Blocker Show, and I hope you will join us again soon sometime. Sure. Thank you. And to all your listeners, happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah as well. Thank you, sir. This has been the Trey Blocker Show. If you like what you heard, please visit TreyBlocker.com for more episodes and a chance to donate and support the show. Thank you for listening.